Two days before my job was supposed to start, the pandemic happened. That organization shut down and my position was canceled. You're listening to the Upward Momentum Podcast, where we tell the stories of individuals who are creating upward momentum, whether it be life's challenges from unemployment, immigration, serving the military, to living with a terminal illness, and remembering, at the end of the day, it's all just a matter of perspective. Um, Ever since I was little, you know, growing up in a small town, you really get deeply connected with the local businesses and you realize how integral they are in creating that community feeling wherever you are. Happy New Year and welcome back. I'm your host, Matt Nelson. And in this episode, I sit down with Michelle, who is an inspiring holistic producer who helps other women identify, articulate, and embody their unique feminine leadership style so they can build and engage powerful communities that create meaningful impact. A lot of my um, initiatives going forward is about amplifying the voices of women around the world. She went from being a trained professional chef to living in Puerto Rico with her family and raising two young daughters. And while this one is long overdue, it's a great jolt of inspiration. And it all starts now. Well, a mompreneur is, I guess, by definition, um, a female entrepreneur that has children. Um, but the deeply rooted meaning behind it is the ambitious woman, the driven woman, and the purpose-driven woman who, um, who is raising a family and building a career or a business in tandem with each other. And, um, and so... I, I personally don't believe that a mompreneur is purely, you know, a small business owner or a founder or a CEO. Um, a mompreneur is the master of her domain and is killing it at home and in at life. Um, that is how I feel I show up in the world. And, um, you know, a lot of women do have businesses or side hustles mm-hmm. um, that, they, that they moonlight as in line with their parenthood or with their careers. Um, so for me, mompreneur is a very diverse and inclusive term. Absolutely. And how, how did you get here <laughs> to this incredible space? I mean, yeah, it's not every day you hear that. Well, you know, I've actually always really enjoyed the idea of having a business. Um, ever since I was little, you know, growing up in a small town, you really get deeply connected with the local businesses and you realize how integral they are in creating that community feeling wherever you are. You know, there's a very visceral reaction or feeling that you experience when you go into a small business and you witness and you experience the passion and the purpose behind the product, the service or the environment. And so from a very young age, I cultivated that awareness. And I always knew that no matter what I was going to do in the future, I wanted to create that. I wanted to create experiences that resonated with people, not just on a tangible or a transactional level, but on a really deep, emotional, visceral level. Wow. And you, you've had quite the experience as well. I mean, you and I... Um met through the uh, collaborative program actually mm-hmm. um and and with like most people you, you know 2020 was was quite the ride for you mm-hmm. 
Do you want to talk a little bit maybe about kind of that, your history and, and sort of what led you to where you are today and how, how that all happened? Absolutely. Well, you know, I am really grateful for everything that has happened in 2020. Um, if you would have asked me that maybe seven or eight months ago, I probably would have given you a different response because I was in the middle, like in the thick of it all. Um, but reflecting back, I am completely grateful and I realized that, you know, everything that happened, all of the hardships, all of the challenges that I faced were meant to bring me to the space that I'm in today. Mm -hmm. You know, I was at that time a stay-at-home mom trying to transition back to the workforce. And I was also in a very, very bad space mentally Mm -hmm. just because of some family trauma that I had experienced And also with just some general mental health issues that I was facing, you know, with having to navigate, you know, the the uncertainty with the pandemic and not feeling adequate or worthy of of being in the workforce in the way that I wanted to be. And, And so when I was presented with the opportunity of joining the Higher Landing Bootcamp, um, I I really had no idea what the outcome was going to be, but I thought I have nothing to lose, you know, um, because my experience with job search and, and with that whole transition was such a, it was such a, it was such a crazy roller coaster ride. It was literally two years of looking for work, you know, failed interviews, rejection, um, and, and really not fully understanding my value or what I even wanted. You know, mm-hmm. so it was caught in a vicious cycle of, of, the, of this, you know, of this misalignment that was happening. And as it turns out, you know, the pandemic was actually the catalyst which brought me to where I am today as well. Because right before everything happened, I was hired by a dream employer and I was supposed to start working in a job that I wasn't completely passionate about, but the employer was, you know, very rock solid, or at least at the time seemed to be, um, and very prestigious, had a very strong reputation in Edmonton. And, and so for those reasons, I thought, well, this means that this chapter in my life is going to be good because I am associated with this organization and that is going to measure my value in the workforce. But what actually ended up happening was two days before my job was supposed to start, the pandemic happened, that organization shut down, and my position was canceled. So all of a sudden I was in, I was at square one again. And, And it was in that moment that I realized that the universe was not going to let me exist below my potential mm-hmm. or exist in a state where I didn't feel aligned with what I was doing anymore. And so that was really what brought me to, to that deep introspective work that I began and was a part of the boot camp as well. Okay. Now you brought up some really interesting things there. Um, but one, you know, naturally it's been on the top of everybody's mind and, and a lot of people have struggled with mental health recently, especially. Um, 
what's how did you find yourself getting through that what 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 did you find worked well for you or i guess has supported you because naturally it's something that we're most of us are still struggling with you know i have struggled with mental health my whole life Mm -hmm. and i think that you know with every year that passes every year that i grow a little bit older and wiser i realize that that it all boils down to worthiness, our sense of worthiness, because even as a child, like I have memories being as young as six years old and realizing that I was different, Mm -hmm. that I was not like I was, I was fat. I was the fat kid, um, that my jokes weren't funny that um, my hobbies were obscure, nobody understood them. So from a very young age, I just felt, I didn't feel like I belonged. Mm-hmm. And I grew up in a small town. So it was very difficult because everybody knows each other. And I literally went through all of the different grades of school with the same kids. And so when I, when I entered, like I think it was like middle school, I was around 10 or 11 years old, my grandmother, actually encouraged me to join this community group called the angels. And at the time, you know, I, I didn't have a lot of friends and I was feeling very lonely and sad and I was being bullied at school. And my grandma was like, you know what, join the angels. You'll meet some new girls and, and it will be lots of fun. You'll have fun. And I was like, okay. So I joined and, and what it ended up being was a safe space for me to truly cultivate my own sense of self. Because in that community, I was appreciated and valued for who I was. And my gifts and my uniqueness of myself was, was recognized. And, and furthermore, I was a part of a community that supported seniors and you know planned events and did fundraising. So I was active in the community. And I was actually channeling all of that energy into other people and, and making an impact and seeing the impact of how just by shifting your mindset, you can completely change your environment. And so, you know, all throughout that time, up until high school, the bullying didn't stop. Mm-hmm. If anything, it got worse as I got older, you know, because people were starting to realize, oh, Michelle's happy. Michelle's doing good. Michelle's, you know, look at Michelle, what she's doing. We need to try and pull her down or push her down. Um, But I was really lucky that I was a part of that group because I had a very close group of friends and and I knew that I was making an impact deep inside. Um, So, you know, mental health for me over the course of my life, I've had those ups and downs where I've felt, you know, very confident and it hasn't affected me as much. And then I've also been very susceptible to, you know, those downturns, whatever the circumstances were. So I feel like that for individuals who are struggling with mental health and are having issues with resolving it or, or seeking help or, or finding ways to overcome it, I would just say, you know, remember that there is an ebb and flow to everything and, and mindset is everything. So, you know, just, Understanding where you're at is the first step. Understand where you're at and then look forward and see what you can shift. Um, because it's, 
Sometimes your mental health is related to a situation or a person or an environment. And, and sometimes it's just as simple as making a change or setting boundaries or, or affirming your worth or your value to another person. And sometimes it's completely different. Sometimes it is biological and you need assistance from a doctor. You know, but if you don't know where you're at, you're not even going to know how to move forward. So that's what I would say for people. Yeah. And and it's interesting you bring up the the topic of bullying. I mean, I can personally definitely relate to that and it's it's a challenging thing and I one thing I find interesting is it seems like there's sort of this what we consider societal norm and and people you know naturally we, we have to fit into it and and people think if you don't fit into it well you're different and there's something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. But but really is would would you say that that's necessarily true or is is there anything wrong with being different? You know what? I I'm I'm 36 years old and this year when I was building my website, I had an aha moment because I realized that that seed was planted in me at such a young age, but Mm -hmm. only in the last year has it started to break the surface and bloom, you know? And, And I feel like that is something that youth need to realize is that their worth is inherent. It is constant. It is always there. Your worth, will never be taken away from you. It can never be taken away. And and it doesn't matter if you have people around you telling you that or showing you that. If you don't believe it for yourself, then you will not be able to cultivate that in your life. And so, you know, as it relates to my grandmother, you know, she was the one, she was the mentor and the feminine leader in my life who was always there reminding me of that showing me that but i wasn't ready to receive it so i think that we have to be kind to ourselves as well because there will always be people in your life that will affirm that for you but you do truly need to to cultivate that for yourself and you need to discover it for yourself and sometimes that that requires you to go through some hardship and you know i always like the quote where you know, um, oh, what is it? Where um, pain and there's always pain, but suffering is optional or something like that. You know, like we can all experience pain, but mm-hmm. suffering, we, do we need to suffer? Um, and, uh, and that is one of the greatest lessons that I think a lot of people can, can relate to as it relates to bullying and to worthiness. Now you talked a little bit about this sort of your website and this idea kind of being planted early when you were younger. What helped you come to that realization? At what point do you think that seed was planted in your life? Well, when I was 16, I was a part of um, a bigger network of youth groups. So um, I was connected with high schools all over Western Canada and we would plan an annual retreat called the search retreat. And it was a really exciting annual event where kids from all over Western Canada would gather. Mm-hmm. And the event was hosted, facilitated, and planned by youth. So, you know, for years and leading up to that, I was always on the planning committee or I was always there, you know, helping in the background, helping behind the scenes, participating. 
But when I was 16 years old, I was asked to actually lead it. Wow. And, and I was completely flabbergasted because I, it was typically a role that was held by someone much older, like someone in their 20s, mm-hmm. you know, college or university, um, aged youth leader. And, and the feedback that I received about that was that, well, but you are a strong leader. We want you to lead. We've seen what you can do, and, and we want you here for this purpose. And, and that just was, I think, the spark that really ignited in me that this is what I'm meant to do. Um, because, you know, it's not just about creating an actual event, right? There's so much that goes into event planning, right? Yeah. There's logistics, there's food, there's venues, there's programming, there's like, you know, registration, like there's so many logistical things that happen with event planning. But I knew that inherently the reason why I was asked to assume that role was because of the experience and the, and the environment that I created with my colleagues and with my peers. And so that experience of leadership was very unique in the sense that I didn't actually delegate any of that stuff. You know, I had an umbrella underneath me that ran the show and I was literally just there supporting, nurturing and and facilitating the whole thing. And, And that was when I think the idea of leadership as a broad concept really first came to light because I realized at that point that titles don't matter, that status or hierarchy don't matter. What matters is the purpose behind what you're doing and whether you're showing up authentically or if you're showing up from a space that is transactional or one-sided. Very well said. So when, when you think of leadership, then what you're saying is, is really it's anybody. It doesn't have to be in management or anything. You're, you're essentially saying, hey, everybody can be a leader. Everybody is a leader, okay. Matt. Everybody is. Yeah. Why? Because leadership means that you are making an impact. And I know that in the business world, in the corporate world, because I was there, you know, there's a lot of metrics that get thrown around. There's a lot of tools and methodologies that people like to use to gauge people's success and to ultimately define their leadership. But the truth of the matter is, is that leadership happens when people show up as their authentic selves and they, and they create experiences that create impact or produce a result or inspire another person and that doesn't have to happen just in the corporate world that happens everywhere and and so when i was like so flip back to this last year when i was struggling to transition back to the workforce after being home with my children you know i realized that that was what i had lost i had lost my sense of leadership and my sense of worthiness and my sense of self as a leader. And when I was able to bring that back, when I was able to reignite it, that is when my entire world changed. So here's the big question then, how, how did you bring that back? I mean, I, I think many people can say, you know, I lost that in myself. It comes from anywhere from not knowing what you wanna do 
um, to being in a career you're not happy with. Um, I mean, there's, there's, there's the golden ticket right there, right? <laughs> it's, yes. Yeah. And you know what? It's not an easy thing. It's mm. really hard. And for what the, my personal opinion is that it, it is completely related to attachments. So, you know, when we start a journey in our lives, and I, I've experienced this, I was there, you know, mm-hmm. where maybe you start on a path that you're really passionate about, but then you have a small failure, or maybe you have a big failure or a couple failures, and it discourages you. Um, then you start to question yourself, you start to wonder if the vision that you had for yourself is actually successful can actually be validated, right? Because external validation is something that everybody, you know, on some level really appreciates and and uses to kind of guide their life, right? You know, if I work for this organization, it's impressive to other people. If I have this type of house, you know, it shows kind of maybe the kind of income that I'm earning. Or if my if I wear this type of clothes, you know, then it kind of reflects my social status, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, attachments are everywhere and we can't avoid them. But what we can do is we can shift our mindset and focus on the things beyond those surface attachments. And so, you know, for myself, I was like that, you know, I'm actually, so I am actually a chef by trade. So when I graduated from high school, I went to culinary school. And part of that passion in me was because I loved experiences. So in high school, I worked for a catering company and I was always a part of weddings and parties and even funerals. Like I was a part of so many different types of experiences Mm -hmm. and food is such an integral part of creating experiences for people where they gather and celebrate. Um, I wanted to be a part of that. And I loved the artistry of food. So I started my career in culinary arts. And, you know, when I was 20 years old, I moved to the Caribbean. I was going to work on a yacht and be a personal chef. And it was this dream endeavor. And it actually turned out to be one of the first um, iterations in that demise for me. Because when I was in the Caribbean, I was young, I was naive, and I was super excited to be there, but I didn't have any friends, I didn't have any safety net. And, And I ended up being in a situation where a crew member started harassing me. And, and I knew intuitively that I wasn't safe. And so I had to let go of that dream that I had of the type of chef I wanted to be, the type of the career direction that I wanted mm-hmm. for safety. And so I came home completely defeated, you know, so sad. I, I didn't even fully tell my parents what happened because I was so embarrassed that it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but grateful that they taught me well. Yeah. They taught me to trust my intuition because I knew if I would have stayed, something bad would have happened. Um, and so I ended up having to go back to my small town to regroup. I was broke and I didn't have any prospects. And, and that was further damaging to my self-confidence because all of a sudden I was back in small town culture 
And it just never resonated with me, not even as a child. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I realized that I've actually gone through a couple phases in my life where I've had these down spirals and I picked myself up because, you know, a few years later I ended up, you know, having this calling that was like, no, it's time to go. Like, this is not it. This is not my life. And so I moved to Edmonton and I pivoted out of culinary. I pivoted out of cooking and I went into hospitality management. Wow. Like I am going to re I'm going to do something different. Mm-hmm. I am capable of doing something different. Um, and, you know, that kind of started me on, you know, the path of, of exploring my leadership style in a different context, right. In, in the context of leading a team of being responsible for, you know, guests and an organization. Um, it was a very transformation, big transformational time for me because I had a lot of great mentors when I was in hospitality management. And so gradually my confidence built up again. Mm-hmm. I met my husband, you know, I, it was a really great time in my life. Um, but then, you know, again, shortly afterward, I got married and I, my husband, you know, his career was taking him to Toronto and I, I didn't, I wanted to follow. I was like, life will be perfect. I'll move to Toronto. I'll just pick up where I left. But no, it didn't happen. You know, I moved to Toronto at the peak of the 2008 recession. Mm-hmm. And I was unemployed for almost six months and I struggled to find meaningful work. And, and I had to create artistry in the ordinary, truly, because the only jobs that I was able to acquire were, were jobs that, you know, were technically, you know, below my potential, right? Mm-hmm. But because of the circumstances, I needed to pay the bills and, and just for my own sanity, like I needed to do something. And so that was the other differentiator that I realized this year was that, you know, it doesn't matter how low I got, I always found a positive and I always tried to focus on that because by focusing on the positive, that was how I was able to create and curate my environment to create those supportive experiences. And, you know, I, I faced a lot of criticism for those jobs because they were minimum wage. Um, they were in the service sector. So, you know, they they were not really considered high profile or important jobs. And I just was so, I was so hurt by that and I, and I was fighting against it constantly because I knew that what I was doing was impactful for people. And just because of my salary or the title that I had on a grander scale in the corporate world, it was not seen as valid or important. So this whole idea of defining leadership for me is really important because I feel like that it doesn't matter what job you have or what company you work for, whether you're self-employed or not, um, when you completely understand who you are as a leader, then nobody can put a label on that. You know, nobody can discredit it. And, you know, that, that really, um, you know, I think for a lot of people, especially today because of the pandemic and how the workforce is changing and evolving, I think that is what, is really going to help a lot of people if they're able to reflect on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, 
on that note, I mean, now you've, you've come a long way. <laughs> I mean, you're, you, you've left the country again. <laughs> yes. Um, and uh, you're living in Puerto Rico, which is amazing. I mean, it seems pretty amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but you, your website, let's go back to that for a minute. You started this website. I mean, you, you said this thing was kind of inside of you for a very long time and, and you just, you went for it. Let's, let's talk a little bit about that. Like, what is this? What tell, what's this website all about? So I started the website as a passion project because I knew that I had a lot of emotions and experiences under my belt that were caged for so long. And it was preventing me from moving forward in my life, not being able to express them and to share my stories and, and not for external validation, but for my own sake, you know, and I think that anybody listening to the podcast who has ever been in a situation where they've had a secret or maybe a truth that they've concealed from their loved ones, sometimes just saying the words aloud is scary and painful, right? Because it's like, Mm. if you say it, if you say the words, then it's real, right? And so that's what the website was for me. It was an exercise in an expression and seeing what, what really would end up coming out of that expression. I didn't have a specific vision for it. I didn't have any specific goals. I literally just let everything flow out of me and and let that guide how it was built. And that's why I built it myself because I didn't want any outside influence of a graphic designer or, you know, like anything like that. I wanted it to be completely from me perfectly imperfect, you know, because I'm not a super techie person, but I invested a lot of time in, in learning how to build a website in web design, you know, the search engine optimization, like all of that, I skilled up so that I could build it myself. Mm -hmm. And, and I feel like that, you know, what, what it ended up being um, is a truly holistic representation of who I am. And, and what I love about the concept of having a website, a personal website, is that it's not set in stone. You know, we are, and that's why I, I didn't use my name as the website um, domain, because I am a living, breathing, changing person. And maybe, you know, my life will change and I'll want, I don't want a site to be identified with just me, you know, mm-hmm. so, um, you know, the feminine leadership campaign is, has nothing to do with just me. It has everything to do with empowering women, showing them what is possible when they surround themselves with supportive women, a supportive community and do that introspective work. You now put themselves first and set the boundaries that are going to serve them and like go of the values and beliefs that no longer serve them. And being vulnerable, you know, I think that so many of us are scared to, to share our secrets or our truths because maybe in a career context that would be frowned upon or you're concerned about the judgments of others or the perceptions of others. Um, and, and I mean, I can only speak for myself, but you know, what I have experienced is if I'm not able to be in that space where people know who I truly am, mm-hmm. then I'm 
do the work that I'm supposed to do, you know? And, and that's really what has driven my career growth this last year is creating that karmic energy where I'm no longer fighting for the job. I'm no longer fighting to fit in, to fit into the mold. Everything is coming to me now because I am creating that energy and the energy that I give is being reciprocated. And it's just this free flow of value and support that um, can only occur when you own your weirdness, like they say in the boot camp, and, and when you express yourself authentically online and in person. And it, it's interesting with what you say, because it's, it's almost, you, you know, you're saying just sort of be yourself, be natural, go with the flow. And, and but the, so many people resist change. Mm-hmm. And it, it sounds like what you're saying is that if, if you resist change, it's that much harder than if you just let it come, take it for mm-hmm. what it is, focus on the positive. Yeah. Change is hard. Yeah. I, I'm not discrediting um, the experiences of others because I am grateful that in my life, you know, the things that I've experienced have not been as severe as what some people go through. Um, But I can honestly say that it all boils down to attachments, you know, and, and so another story. So, you know, go back to, you know, 2012, we moved back to Edmonton from Toronto because my career prospects were just, you know, non-existent in Toronto. And I was really wanting to get back to Alberta, thinking that my prospects would be better, that I could earn a higher income and, and break past this kind of stagnant period that I had experienced. And, and it happened quite quickly. Um, but the problem was that then I was chasing the money and I was chasing the titles. I wasn't, I didn't do the work of really reflecting on what I truly wanted to do. I literally jumped into the first thing that I could get that paid more and gave me the title that I was looking for. And, and that was what started the bigger, I guess, more severe mental health episodes that I experienced. And it lasted years because all of a sudden I, I cared about that car that I drove. I cared about what kind of house I lived in and I cared about the material things that I had in my life um, and how, you know, people saw me. And, and I realized that the external validation was really ruling my life. And when I was pregnant with my second daughter, I came close, I came very close to having a nervous breakdown. I, I suffered tremendous burnout Um, It was so much more than what you hear about, like the mommy burnout. You know, Mm. it was literally a physical and a mental burnout from maintaining that perfect image. And, And my mental health decline was affecting my family. It was affecting my relationship with my husband. And something had to give. You know, and and so that was when I decided to leave the corporate world because I realized that, you know, if I was if I stayed where I was at, that that something really bad was going to happen to me. You know, I didn't know what that was, but I just had this intuitive feeling again. You know, like when I was in that 
something bad was going to happen and it was going to be irreversible. And I, so I got a message from my soul to say, Michelle, this is like, you got to figure out a way. And so for me at that time, that's what I decided to do. Um, and, and it's funny because I remember the day that I, that I had that conversation with my manager. Um, she, she actually called me out on it because she said, you know, like, I see what you're doing. You know, I see. And she's like, I know, I know who you are. She said, I know who you are. I know your work ethic. And I know that this is not you. So what the hell is going on? Right. And, um, you know, I had a kind of a running joke at the office for, for a while where, you know, people would ask me, Oh, Michelle, what kind of day is it today? You know, because I had this habit of wearing very bright, vibrant lipsticks, like every day I would wear a different lipstick. And, and I actually wrote a blog about that too. Um, that got a lot of attention from my colleagues because they didn't know, they didn't have any idea of the mental health that I was dealing with and, and how I was using lipstick as a way to conceal my feelings, you know, and, and it sounds silly for me to say it now, but it was honestly, it was a, it was something that I took very seriously at the time. You know, I would, I was very strategic in, in how I represented myself every day to avoid showing what I was going through and showing my true self. And I know that there are so many people out there that can resonate with that. It may not be lipstick, it might be something else, but, um, you know, wearing masks and, and trying to maintain a perfect image, it, it wears you down physically and mentally. Mm -hmm. Wow. So one more thing I want to just touch on quickly is you also mentioned your grandmother. She sounds like she was a huge influence in your life and I would just love to hear a little bit more about how that, that influenced you and, and she guided you and mentored you and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So my grandmother, she passed away um, right before I moved to Puerto Rico and I feel like that her transition was was very timely because you know years ago when I was in the Caribbean and I had to come home I made a promise to myself I was like this is what I want out of life I want to live by the ocean I want to live in a in a diverse culture I want to be somewhere different and I will be back you know I said that to myself when I had to leave and so you know when my grandmother was was on her deathbed and I knew that I was coming here I was actually really happy for her because I knew that she was transitioning to be with me, you know, um, you know, and I feel her presence with me all the time because she was the first feminine leader in my life um, who really showed me what that modern feminism is. You know, she was a widow for 30 years and my papa passed away when she was in her 60s. So she had to completely reinvent herself. She had a completely different life, but she was still active in her community. She was independent. She learned to drive. She worked. She, she lived alone. And, and people in the community knew her and they loved her so much. And, and so when my grandmother passed away, she had been suffering from dementia for quite some time. 
And so the quantity of visits that I had with her in the last five years, I mean, it wasn't very much because, you know, it was just very overstimulating. It was very exhausting for her to be around people, but the quality was there, you know? Um, and, and I remember in those, especially this last year, whenever I would see her, you know, just holding her hand and feeling that energy, feeling that love. And I was very fortunate at the end that I even got to see her, you know, because with the pandemic and she was living in a long-term care facility, um, a lot of those facilities were locked down. But for some reason, some miracle, I was, our family was able to be with her when she died. And, and so when I went to go see her, because I knew that it would be the last time, um, I brought with me a rose quartz crystal heart, like just like a palm stone. And, you know, we were all geared up in the full, you know, hazmat suit with like the shields and the mask. And, and it just felt so, so crazy like that, you know, like she's dying, you know, like I had to wear gloves. I couldn't not wear gloves. I'm like, but she's dying. You know, um, I wanted to hold her hand. So I just, I put our hands together. I put the crystal heart between our hands and I just held her hand for like an hour and I, we just had that moment together. And, uh, and I carry that, that rose quartz part is in my pocket every day. I just carry it with me. And, um, you know, so I know that she's with me and it's, and I think that for anybody who has lost a loved one, um, you know, it's life doesn't end, you know, with death. It's just another transition of life. And, uh, and I think that I became acutely aware of that this year um, because of her transition. Wow, that's a, that's a great story. Thank you for sharing. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to say, Michelle, thank you so much for everything. This has been incredible. You're a, what an amazing uh, experience you've, you've had. Uh, one last thing we'd like to finish off with is um, kind of that last piece about what is inspiring, what's creating upward momentum in your life. And anything. Yeah, so... You know, I, I am the community engagement manager for the ACE Collective, and, and that was my higher landing, you know, if you will, um, because that opportunity came to me exactly how the higher landing leaders said it would, you know, by doing the hard work, by putting myself out there and owning my authenticity, I created that experience for myself. And so I'm eternally grateful for for being schooled in those principles and for relearning them and reigniting them because that, you know, now I'm in a space where, you know, I don't think a stay-at-home mom could have done any better. You know, like I, I'm here with my family in Puerto Rico because my husband's work is here, but I'm working remotely and I have, I'm building a network that is global because I am connecting and working with leaders, female leaders from all over the world. And, you know, my website is building momentum in that sense as well, because it's aligned with my career. And so I have a very strong platform in how I connect with women now in business. And I feel like that, you know, with my work through ACE, um, it is, 
it is exactly the type of work that I'm supposed to be doing at this stage of my life. And, and we are changing and shifting the conversation in female leadership today. Michelle, thank you again so much. Um, I found this personally inspirational and I hope everyone else listening does as well. Um, how do we find you? If somebody wants to get in touch, connect with you, talk to you more, learn more about your amazing, incredible stories. <laughs> sure. Well, I'm a, I am a storyteller, so I, I love connecting with people just to have coffee or Zoom coffee, I guess you call it today. Um, but no, I'm on LinkedIn, so uh, you can search for me on LinkedIn, uh, Michelle Hersayek Nassif. My website is www.iamafeminineleader.com. And, and really, you know, the, like I'm open to having conversations about feminine leadership with anybody. Um, but if you are a female entrepreneur or a stay-at-home mom, a working mom, a grandma, like whoever you are, if you have a story to share, if you have something that you really want to just sink your teeth into, I would love to talk because, you know, my... A lot of my um, initiatives going forward is about amplifying the voices of women around the world through the ACE programming and also through my website. So I would love to hear from anybody who has something you want to share. Excellent. Well, thank you again, Michelle. And if anybody wants to get a hold of us, you can find us on Instagram. Just search Upward Momentum. We're on LinkedIn as well, as well as Twitter at at Upward Momentum number one. So at Upward Momentum number one. Until next time, thank you everyone for listening. And thanks again, Michelle. It's been a blast. Thank you.